Hey, it's Nelson. And this is Monica. Welcome to the Seattle Foodie Podcast, the show where we talk about the Seattle food scene and the people and businesses behind it. We eat all the food and share our insights with you. Thanks for joining us today. Let's get to it. Monica, you need to explain yourself. Just did a quick calculation on my map quest, or you can call it Waze, or <laughs> Apple Maps, or just any navigation system. From your house to my house, it is a 27-minute drive, 23 miles. Mm-hmm. From your house to Macadon's assembly headquarters, it is 26 miles, 29 minutes. Monica, explain <laughs> yourself. It takes way longer for you to go over to Macadon's than it is to come over to my house. I don't know how many times you've been to Macadon's. Oh, I don't but know. But you have not ever visited my place, and it's shorter drive than where you're going out to. Well, you don't even like people, so like, how would you feel about me just showing up at your house? <laughs> no, 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 no. I thought you're the person in our group that doesn't like people. <laughs> Wait, are you counting Macadon's the storefront and White Center, or are you counting the No, 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 no. The distribution center. I I did all my Google Bing search. I did my research because I knew I wasn't going to go out to the White Center one. You didn't go out to the White Center one. You went out to the distribution center. So I specifically searched for that. No, it's accurate, Monica. Explain (laughs) yourself. Explain yourself. The call of ice cream is just too loud, man. I have to go. (laughs) And I actually thought I was doing another pickup. Actually, strangely enough, in White Center. <laughs> but that pickup that pickup moves. Yeah, my plans got kind of messed up that day. But yeah, pretty much, I don't know. I don't have anything to do on Fridays. So just head down there, grab some ice cream, hang out a little bit with Michael. Not that much because obviously we're like six feet apart. So that's not too fun. But yeah. Yeah. All this time, I don't know if I've ever had a Macadon. I think I have. Maybe I think you once. Have. I think you have. Have they, I had it once? Yeah, because they've been at a lot of events that we've been at. And so they've had the macarons. I don't think they've had the ice cream sandwiches, but at a lot of the like Asian street festivals in, in Chinatown. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, the ice cream is usually there. But like the regular mm-hmm. food stuff that we go to, the macarons are there. I just want you to think about that next time you want to drop something off. It's like, oh, Issaquah is a lot shorter than going out to visit Macadon. Oh, you know I'm a bad yeah. freeway Food for driver. Thought. No, you know I'm a bad freeway driver. <laughs> you know, you know I have all PTSD and all that, Nelson. So that's really why I don't come out to your house. <laughs> you need to go out on the freeway anyways to head out to Macadon. So no, no, you, same don't. Thing. Yes, no you, yes, you do. No, you yes, don't. you do. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. I, I can give you my life 360 so you can see my roundabout route. It's it's all like backstreet driving. <laughs> and also, I mean, the deal is like, I don't know about you, Nelson, but because I don't really go out during the week, I'm just working and like picking up takeout just and coming right back home. Like when I get that Friday off, I just kind of want to drive places at like 30 miles an hour. It just feels like I'm doing something and being safe in my car because nobody can like put their germs on me and vice versa. But yeah, this and this reminds me of like growing up in Hawaii because like we would always like go cruising, we'd call it. And so we'd hop in the car and like drive without a destination in mind. And so it's funny, like I back in that country mentality because can't leave the house. (laughs) Cruising, we called it. I get it. The car is like an incubation center. Mm-hmm. That's what I think of when I get in my, my car. Like, yeah. oh, everything. It's my safe space because there's totally. nobody in there. The only germs that are spreading is my germs. So totally. I'm 
totally fine with that. And nobody else gets in my car. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I totally agree. Welcome to the show, everyone. It's episode 85 of the Seattle Foodie Podcast. Monica, how are you doing? I haven't talked to you in a while other than a couple of texts this week. Yeah, um, I'm doing good. I'm having some uh, Urban Family Brewing beer. And so shout out to them because I know uh, they're your friends over there. Name dropper. Yep. <laughs> Name dropper. Yeah, guys, go back and listen to that show with Urban Family Brewing. <laughs> Nelson name dropped like five times in that segment. <laughs> no, it's pretty chill. I have to say like the rain, I didn't, you know, I like rain in between sunny days and it brought the pollen down. So I had less headaches last week mm-hmm. and really ate a lot of stuff this week. So how are you doing? I'm doing well. Sure. Glad we don't have a lot of beaches around here. Holy cow. <laughs> <laughs> everybody at the beaches again in california mm. lots of beaches yeah yeah there's no heat wave here mm-hmm. there's no beaches here other than golden gardens i guess if you call that a beach but mm-hmm. so we're very fortunate that n- nothing is outrageous yeah <laughs> yeah golden gardens is not a beach yeah. <laughs> you see what i mean yeah alki alki is not a beach nope so. <laughs> nope but i will say alki has the most most sort of beach-like feel in terms of like the community right there on the waterfront it just reminds me a lot about that i just don't see a lot of big umbrellas like sun umbrellas just (laughs) hunkered down into the sand that's 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 what i think beach nelson i'm excited you have a birthday coming up do you want a big umbrella (laughs) (laughs) no i have plenty of giant big golf umbrellas i'm okay with those umbrellas (laughs) okay crossing that off the list It's going to be a birthday in isolation, so it's okay. Well, anyway, welcome, everybody. We do have some recaps, so let's start it off with that. Monica, I'll go ahead and check it off. Mm -hmm. This week, the good people from Black Caviar Catering delivered each of us a bag of food to sample. Giant bag. If you're not familiar with Black Caviar Catering, this company normally caters to musicians backstage at concerts and events in Washington, Portland. So they're serving rock stars. Since there aren't any concerts right now in this area, they're making some home deliveries. So they've kind of changed up their philosophy. Monica, we each got the beef lasagna, which you specifically wanted. as, And we also got the cheesy meatloaf, which I was kind of secretly hoping I would get. So mm-hmm. I'm glad that they sent that with us. Mm-hmm. Ham and split pea soup and some chocolate chip cookie dough. You mentioned you wanted to try lasagna, as I mentioned, because you told me lasagna usually for you has multiple ingredients to construct. For me, that's kind of what it's like for the meatloaf. Hmm. So what do you think, Monica? I do enjoy getting lasagna anytime I can. Usually when you have it in a restaurant, it takes longer than all your other dishes. So I typically don't order it. So when I saw lasagna on the menu, I was like, oh, yes, because it's just one of those things that I don't make. And I know it's not that complicated, but it feels complicated. You got to mix your ricotta blend and then you got to figure out what kind of noodles you're going to use if they're the kind you boil or the kind no boil and like then you need multiple cheeses it's just not worth it for me so the lasagna was really nice to get and uh, really hearty servings and the meatloaf anyway you know i make a lot of meatloaf at home but i make like a quick and easy version so i don't spend too much time on it also we tend to eat meatloaf like with gravy and potatoes and then if there's leftovers we tend to slice that up and eat them like meatloaf sandwiches so mm-hmm. um but yeah really grateful thank you black caviar catering for the delivery uh chocolate chip cookie dough really good but i let my husband make it and i have to say he's not an experienced cookie maker you know so i had to give it a second second go around (laughs) 
It's okay. It was not a good cook before all this quarantine thing happened. Well, I'm a novice chef, I guess. So I do. Doing a lot of cooking lately. It's it's just a practice and re- repetition. Mm-hmm. So that just means he has to, he needs to make your husband just needs to make dinner more. That's that's all it is, Monica. Yeah, what's funny is that he's experienced at making dinner. It's just the science and the art of cooking, right? And so if he had one, it'd be good. <laughs> You can kick back, watch a couple of episodes of Ozark or whatever's on Netflix, and he can have dinner ready. That's That sounds about right. Yeah. I've never seen Ozark. You know what I'm watching right now that I've never watched before? What is that? Scandal. And I'm completely involved. Oh, no. I cannot no. stop watching it. I'm so addicted to it. <laughs> can't get into that. What? I can't get into that. It's too... It's too many seasons already. I'm. I, I was thinking about getting into West Wing too, but mm-hmm. then I didn't realize there's what six seasons. I was yeah. like, that's a lot of investment. That's a lot of time to invest something. I mean, come on. There's like killing. There's like love story. There's mm. like espionage. That's one thing I miss about going to DC because I used to go to DC fairly frequently. I do miss being in a town where it's just like full of spooks and like like half the people you talk to are spooks. Anyway, <laughs> I do miss that. <laughs> Anyway, back to Black Caviar Catering. They just launched their delivery service in Seattle. So make sure you go to www.blackcaviarcatering.com. Place your order. Again, they will deliver all around the greater Seattle area. Make sure if you want to grab some dinner delivered, check them out. Monica, let's move on to the next recap. Blazing Bagels sent us some brunch kits. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about that? Yes, Brunch kits. You can get these at Blazing Bagels or you can order them online from SeabearSmokehouse.com. And they include four bagels uh, from Blazing Bagels, two schmears of their house schmears, uh, Gerard and Dominique salmon locks from Seabear Smokehouse, Yuli's breakfast sausage and bagel chips. And what a great way to start the week, Nelson. I don't know about you, but it was so good that my family and I had to stop by Blazing Bagels again yesterday to grab another dozen of bagels just because we just can't do without it. And so because of you, Nelson, I always get the pizza bagel. So thank you so much for introducing me to it. The cheese bagels are always my favorite. The mm-hmm. pizza, the cheddar, even the jalapeno cheddar, they're all my favorites. So I always have to grab multiples of those. Monica, I wish I grabbed some extra bagels because Mm -hmm. the two schmears go a long way and it just after using four bagels i still have about half in each container Mm so i I should have (laughs) picked up some more Mm -hmm. bagels on the way great idea on your part but yes i thought the brunch kit gave you a lot i'm still eating the bagel chips i still have about four more of the breakfast yuli sausage Mm -hmm. that i cooked up earlier this week it's it's a lot of food guys and brunch kit well worth it to pick up at blazing bagels along with a bunch of bagels or you want to get a sandwich or anything else <laughs> yes absolutely nelson here's a fun fact did you know that i'm in yuli's sausage hall of fame <laughs> i didn't even know there was a yuli sausage hall of fame <laughs> what do you need to get into the Yuli Sausage Hall of Fame? Do you need to buy 300 pounds of Yuli Sausage or do you have to eat 300 pounds of Yuli Sausage? Well, I'm, what's going on here? Like any professional sports, do you have to wait four years after you retire before you get entered into the Yuli Sausage Hall of Fame? Tell me all about this. <laughs> yeah. And so I've never really made like a big deal of this, but it's it's kind of funny because they told me that I, you know, I mean, they, they asked my permission and everything. Uh, but basically on their website, they have a section that's called the Sausage Hall of Fame. And uh, they 
those are all their pictures on it except for like one of my pictures and so that's kind of cool and i hope it's still there because it'd be embarrassing to be talking oh no here it is sauces hall of fame still there <laughs> yep and there's my picture it was actually a picture that i took at biscuit and bean over in ballard and yeah they'd asked my permission to use it and let me know that like yeah pretty much i'm like the only person that they had up there that wasn't like their photographer so that was kind of cool but I do like yeah. to eat sausage. <laughs> <laughs> okay, enough sausage talk. <laughs> so- <laughs> Monica Ferris Bueller, the sausage queen of Seattle. Monica right? Beach, guys. Sausage queen of Seattle. Oh wow, there's a bad joke in there somewhere. So oh, there's a, there's a bunch of bad jokes in there. Once you started talking about sausage, right? we can move on. We can move on. Nelson, <laughs> what are we eating during quarantine? Why don't you kick it off? <laughs> okay. And on another episode of self-isolation, what are we eating? We've got another week past. I managed to not go out this whole week except for takeout. There was no trips to the grocery store, so I had to make do with what I had, cleaning out the fridge, and I'm still doing that. So vegetables are running low. I had to start growing my own green onions. Yes, I've changed my name now to Karen. So you can call me Karen from now on. I can't believe I'm starting to do this. What's next? I'm going to start making Dalgona coffee. I don't know what's going on here. (laughs) Beginning of the week, I made one of my favorite things ever to order in a Chinese restaurant. It's those tofu clay pots, Monica. Those hot pots that come in, everything comes out. There's taro, shrimp chashu scallops everything right you just basically in the bowl in this hot bowl and you just basically scoop it up with on top of the rice that's mm-hmm. kind of my favorite mm. hot pot so cleaning out the kitchen i actually found my old clay hot pot so i wanted to put it to good use in my pot i basically mixed up pork belly chashu deep fried and soft tofu bok choy napa cabbage basically everything i found in the fridge stir fried it all up Put in a soy sauce, rice wine, and oyster sauce type mixture with some sugar. Transfer the clay pot, and there it is. That's basically what I made. Also, later in the week, Momo Shares posted a recipe for Taiwanese braised pork and rice. I stewed that for an hour. Man, I tell you what, cooking without an instant pot. It's such a luxury to have an instant pot, I'm telling you, because cooking without it, I had to stew it for over an hour and a half. Mm -hmm. Had I just thought about it, like I should have just taken out my instant pot from the box and transferred everything in the instant pot and just cooked it in the pressure cooker. Mm -hmm. Probably would have taken me maybe 10 minutes to do. Hmm. However, I just stewed it. I had some time, added soft boiled eggs that I left sit in the sauce just a little bit longer and I overcooked the yolk. Mm-hmm. lesson learned there but it's still good mm-hmm. and then finally at the end of the week i bought a ton of chicken thighs from costco a week ago so i decided to cook eight of them in the instant pot and i made hainanese chicken rice mm-hmm. i am loving the instant pot as i said and i made chicken and then the rice cooked in the chicken fat afterwards there's just something about cooking everything in one pot i don't know i like that <laughs> mm-hmm. no i've been watching nelson you're doing a great job really impressive um yeah i love chicken and rice and so uh yeah i've been watching yeah you're awesome nelson congrats oh thank you thank you <laughs> i think one of the things that really benefits if i can give some advice to any beginning chef is take a knife skills class I took this maybe three or four years ago as a gift someone gave to me a long time ago. And I think I did it at Sur La Tabla and I took a knife skills class there. Works wonders cooking up things. If I hadn't taken that class, I wouldn't know how to properly chop up any vegetables, Monica. Hmm. Hmm. Good tip. Great tip. Now for takeout this week, I didn't need to go out that much, but 
I was so excited because I've been seeing all these posts about Jack's Barbecue. They have a spot in Algona near Auburn. And before that, they've actually been popping up in Bellevue at the Brief Encounter Cafe. So I decided, why not get some barbecue from Jack's since they're on the east side? So I picked up the Holy Trinity. I think you and I both have had the Holy Trinity on separate times. Mm -hmm. It's got ribs, brisket, and sausage. Always ask for the fatty part of the brisket, you guys. (laughs) Trust me, it's worth it. They're down in the south now. They're opening up. And I think I'm reading that they might be doing some permanent, maybe potentially a permanent location out in Bellevue. I'm not sure. Yeah, no, a uh, big fan of Jack's and I'm going to name drop here because you and I actually got to have brunch with Jack not so long ago before all this happened, but um, really exciting. And Jack is such a down to earth guy. I mean, just just love him. He's just so amazing. And the brisket. Yes, 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 yes. yes. And the cocktails. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> all the yes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, it's good that he's in Bellevue because I think that's a huge opportunity for the area to get some barbecue because like there aren't a whole lot of barbecue places in Bellevue, right? I mean, like South and Renton, I, I can think of. Are there any barbecue places in Bellevue? I think in general, there's just not a lot of good barbecue spots in Seattle. Mm -hmm. Anytime you have a spot on the east side that's doing that, I don't think I can think of any other place that's doing smoked brisket in Bellevue Mm -hmm. or in that general east side area. So, yes, yes, it's something to take advantage of and capitalize on. Cool. And Monica, what have you been eating this whole past week? Well, let's see. Most of my cooking I've done this week has been meal kits. So Atrium Kitchen and our friend Chef Tracy Calderon provided me with three kits. And it was cedar plank salmon with blackberries and honey, Pacific Northwest spot prawn boil, and Pacific Northwest flank steak. And these are some of the most popular dishes from Chef Tracy's cooking classes. So if you all don't know, she usually gives cooking classes. But of course, during this time, she's not doing that. And all the ingredients are sourced from some of our favorite pike vendors like Pike Place Fish, Yuli Sausage, who we just talked about, Urban Farm, who provides some of the spice rubs, and Sunny Honey Company. So I have to say, out of those three dishes, the spot prawn boil was my favorite. And Nelson, I have not had spot prawn since we visited the dollar shop together. And that was quite a while Mm. ago. I love those. It's such a different flavor and texture than like regular like black tiger prawns Um, and cooking was easy with the simple instructions to follow so with these meal kits you can order online and pick up curbside with no contact delivery to your car so yum that sounds really good yes spot prawns i saw that it was this nice little shrimp boil that you had i also saw find me in seattle as i'm name dropping another friend of the podcast he also picked up some dinner kits from the Mm -hmm. atrium kitchen as well yeah for sure so i saw that he posted the boil i haven't seen anything else but i'll be on the lookout because uh i always love watching connor's stories he has some of my Mm -hmm. favorite stories for sure (laughs) nice what else you've been eating monica well let's see i think that's about it for like cooking so mostly it's been takeout so uh i got the goods from seattle poi company one of my faves my brother dropped off some poi mochi balls kulolo and of course my favorite poi I ate some of the poi with the blackberry salmon, and as we say in Hawaii, it just broke them out. So it was really good. Loved it. Um, there are some other businesses that I picked up stuff from this week or was delivered, and we've already talked about them before, so I'm just going to give them a brief mention. But I got a new shipment of moon cheese with a new online flavor called white cheddar black pepper. Macadons, as you already <laughs> called me out on. Yeah. Uh, yes. So I got some macaron ice cream sandwiches, and I got some Vietnamese ice cream, coffee ice cream. And uh, let me tell you, I made a milkshake. Yeah. 
you know, I'm lactose intolerant. And sometimes I think I can save the world. And I was like doubled over the entire day. Um, but it was so worth it. And you know, I don't have to go anywhere. So I don't have to worry about it, right? In <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tijuana Tacos, they were so nice. They just out of the blue popped up at my house with some chorizo burritos for brunch. And so that's one of my favorite dishes. So I love it, love it, love it. Um, so that's just a short recap on some of those. Aside from that, my family and I ordered like a dozen banh mi from Lanway uh, in Little Saigon. And calling in your order is so quick and easy. And their sandwiches are made with house-baked bread. And honestly, I cannot get enough of their grilled pork banh mi. So yeah, it's buy, buy five, get one. I mean, what are you going to do, right? You, I mean, you got to make sure you get that free one because we're all about the free. <laughs> It's such a good deal, but I don't know if I can eat six banh mi's mm -hmm. just for myself. Mm -hmm. It's perfect for your family, mm -hmm. especially for your immediate family, mm -hmm. because you can distribute it amongst your two brothers and their families. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I've always was like, I want to get six banh mi's, but I don't know. I don't know if I can do that. Yeah. So. Yeah. You got to be in it to win it for sure. <laughs> uh, and just just earlier today, uh, I stopped by Nutty Squirrel Gelato. They have these um, gelato kits where you get two pints of gelato, you get toppings and cones and so, so, so much fun. And so I got the Rocky Road and their chocolate fondante gelato is amazing. And then earlier, I also pre-ordered, so from Magazine, because last week you and I had the spatchcock chicken and some sides, like a family meal. So I pre-ordered today because they had some other dishes on their menu. And so they I got, got wings. They got wings back. Yeah. Right. So I got my favorite mangosteen wings. And then I also wanted to try out the pork ribs, the pork ribs. So I ordered that and then the brisket sandwich. And so uh, right now they're popping up on the weekends at Fabak. Pre-order online, no walk-ups at all. And so you have to order it online and I'm looking forward to maybe them being there more frequently when some of their staffing issues get set up. So it's been quite a week of eating and eating and eating and eating. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I got the meat sweats. Yeah. <laughs> you got the tofu sweats, tofu veggie sweats. I do have tofu. Lots of tofu. <laughs> I like tofu. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Nelson, why don't you introduce this next segment that we have something a little bit new? Different. Yeah, our newest segment on this show, we're again brainstorming throughout the week. What should we talk about? We're running out of ideas. And Monica came out with this great idea. What are some nostalgic foods that just kind of bring back some memories of your childhood? Mm -hmm. Monica, you and I decided to come up with three different ones. Mm -hmm. You ever just see foods at the grocery store that just brings you back to the past? I just kind of was thinking about that. Actually, not at the grocery store per se, but also some other things. Maybe when I'm at school, mm -hmm. all the kids are out of school right now. Mm -hmm. Lunchtime was probably my favorite part of school mm -hmm. <laughs> for obvious reasons. I had some things I was like, oh yeah, I haven't had a lot of these things in a while. I'll start it off. Yeah. Orange creamsicle cups. Mm. I haven't seen these in a while, but I'm pretty sure they still have them. Mm -hmm. This is the first thing I thought of. You would get a small cup with half orange ice cream and half vanilla ice cream. And I think the best part is just that little tiny wooden mm -hmm. spoon that yeah. you use to scoop up the ice cream. Anytime there's anything orange creamsicle flavored, I'm getting it. <laughs> That's what it reminds me of, those orange creamsicle pops. Yeah. And when I read that, I was like, oh my gosh, yes. And sometimes you would get lost. You'd lose a spoon or you couldn't find it or you didn't get one. And so what you would do is you would take that lid and fold it in half and use it like a taco soup. <laughs> <laughs> right? yep. And so, yeah, it so reminds me of being a kid. So I love that one, Nelson. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
So my first one is Hawaiian style ice cake. And um, so it's not something you can buy in the store, but it's something that I crave from time to time. So growing up in Hawaii, it's always really hot. So we always have like frozen treats available because, you know, it's like 80s, 90s and humid. So Hawaiian style ice cake is something that we would make with like evaporated milk and uh, sugary syrup. And so the juice syrup in Hawaii, we call it malolo. And you can actually buy it at Awajimaya, especially Renton and sometimes at the downtown one. There's a recipe for it. And then you make an ice cake out of it. And so it's a frozen treat. And like the best part is like, and this is so environmentally unfriendly now, but they would always be in Dixie cups. So they'd be in these small little waxy cups and that you chip away at them and then melt them down and you drink the rest of them. And so, yeah, I just think about those sometimes and I, and I make it sometimes for sure. Um, but like, I'm the only one who eats them in my house. So, you know, you'll be like me and like two dozen like Dixie cups full of ice cakes. So <laughs> <laughs> that's my first one. <laughs> yeah. I've never heard of these before. When you wrote it down, I was mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm curious what these are. Yeah. Yeah. I put them on my story once, and so maybe I'll uh, dig those up. Um, but yeah, just, yeah, always makes me feel like a kid. Yeah. <laughs> What's your next one? My second one, Lunchables. Mm. Monica, I just went on the Lunchables website. Mm-hmm. They have over 16 different Lunchables mm-hmm. now. Do they even still sell them in the grocery stores anymore? I don't see them. I I don't know. What? Yeah. No, I don't see. I don't know. I have to look for them. I don't. <laughs> I don't buy them anymore. Back in the day, there's basically only one kind, mm-hmm. or at least that's only one kind. My mom used to buy me mm-hmm. the ham, Swiss, and crackers. Yep. But now there's like Italian style chicken, Asian style barbecue chicken, <laughs> pizza, and pepperoni. Mm-hmm. Kids have it good now. Tons of different flavors now. Totally. And you know, when I saw that, I was just like, "That's actually one that I was thinking of." I'm like, damn it. Like Nelson got his notes out first. Um, But yeah, Lunchables always remind me of being a kid. And like you were fancy if you brought home lunch and it was Lunchables, even though you'd be all hungry and stuff afterwards, like it was still a thing, right? And uh, my kid eats them and then he stopped eating them all of a sudden. But yeah, we, so we used to buy it in uh, Fred Meyer. So it's a dollar to $2 for the regular ones. And then for the fancy ones that come with the Capri Sun, oh, Capri Sun, let's not even go there. Right. Capri Sun changed everything. Yes. <laughs> Change everything. <laughs> like nowadays you can get Capri Sun like 100% juice. I don't want any of that. Give me that like 1% juice <laughs> stuff. Like I'm all about that. So yeah. <laughs> I love Lunchables. They're, I think I would get them maybe once or twice. And then every other day, the rest of the three days, I would get hot lunch mm-hmm. from the school. But yeah, love them. And then Monica, what's your second one? My second one is Hot Pockets. I remember Hot Pockets as being like, I mean, it was huge, right? I mean, like I grew up around the microwave and like we didn't know about like radiation and cancer causing stuff back then. (laughs) We was like, oh, a microwave, something cooks from the inside out. We didn't even question like what what was up with the microwave, right? But yeah, yeah, just being able to as a kid, like pull something out of the freezer, pop it in there for two minutes and have like a full meal. I mean, it was so amazing. And you could hold it with one hand and walk down the street with it. So it's completely amazing. And it came in pizza flavor and ham and cheese with the, with that flaky croissant. Oh my gosh, Nelson, I'm dying over here. <laughs> <laughs> Loved it. Oh my gosh. Hot Pockets was the best, especially you can buy it at Costco. Mm-hmm. It was my favorite after school mm-hmm. snack. Lashkey kid would mm-hmm. come home, house to myself, mm-hmm. pop in a Hot Pocket for one, one and a half minutes, and then boom, pepperoni, Hot Pocket. That's, that's what I usually get. Yeah. Boom. 
for my last one, Monica. Can't get enough of that cookie, Chris. This is my favorite cereal of all time. Who doesn't like eating mini chocolate chip cookies for breakfast? Cookie Chris. They still have this? I don't know. This was a genius idea. Milk and cookies mm -hmm. in a cereal form. Right. I still think about this. I <laughs> think about this all the time. They still sell it, but it's more like cookie crisp. <laughs> cookie crisp. Yeah, exactly. Um, they still sell it, but I don't know about you, but like they've changed the recipes of like the classic cereals to be more healthy, like whole grain. So they don't taste Ugh. the same. But back in our day, they were full of like 60% sugar, <laughs> like trans fat. Yes. And those were the days. They don't make them like that anymore. But yes, they still make cookie crisp for sure. I loved it. Mm. Man, I can't imagine gluten-free cookie crisp. That just right. that just sounds bad. No, don't right. do that to us. I know. I know. <laughs> My last one is combos. <laughs> so yeah. combos, like you know, I, I try to remember, like, what were the salty treats before that? But, like, not a lot comes up. But combos were these little round rolls, and they were hollow in the center, and they were stuffed full of something, right? And so, like, they had these cheese ones where it was, like, the most, like, dusty, chalky, like, cheese ever, but it tasted so good. And I remember when they came out with pretzel combos, like, everything was life-changing. Like, in one bite, you get a crunch and, like, all these weird, like, artificial flavors. And so they absolutely still make combos, but like everything else, they've changed the formula a bit. So I love those. Take me back. I used to love combos too, but it eerily reminds me of dog treats, Monica. Right? And it's the bones. <laughs> the bones, B O N Z, yeah. bones. <laughs> it reminds me of the dog treats I used to give to my dog to treat mm -hmm. to train him how to sit and roll over. I love the combos. I eat them. I will still eat them, but it just reminds me of that. For sure. For sure. <laughs> Ooh, well, that was kind of fun. Yeah, I hope it brought some people down memory lane a little bit. There's some foods that we haven't eaten in a while. Mm -hmm. I don't think I'm at a next grocery store. I was like, you know, I'm going to pick up about 10 Lunchables for myself. But <laughs> I'm just going to go through it and see if they have it. Cookie Chris. If there is Cookie Chris, I'm going to pick up a box and see mm -hmm. if it still reminds me of that. Yeah. Yeah. So, Nelson, we have an interview today with one of our friends. Why don't you tell us about it? Yeah. Today's interview is with the enthusiastic Mishlau, a.k.a. Hello Mischief on Instagram, as well as other platforms. Previously living in Melbourne, Australia, Mish has been in Seattle for more than 10 months now. We talked about life in quarantine, differences in Seattle versus Australia. What's it like to be a vlogger? Here's our interview with Hello Mischief. What's up, Seattle? Guys, I have a fun guest today. She is my Maymay from Another Mother, Mish Lau, aka Hello Mischief. What's going on, Mish? <laughs> Thank you so much for being on the show. First of all, being sheltered at home for, I don't know, five weeks now, how's everything going with you guys? Going okay. As two foodies that usually like to go out a lot, it's been a bit of a challenge, but that means that we're doing a lot more home cooking and just experimenting with different food ingredients like that. Yeah. What have you guys been cooking lately? Uh, correction, what I've been cooking. Tony oh, you, what have you been cooking lately? <laughs> Sorry. No, I'm kidding. He's been cooking too. <laughs> What have we been 
we've done like homemade pizzas. I've made eggs display, like omelette style kind of thing. We've done a lot of noodles, Korean barbecue and hot pot. We recently got a grill and that's super convenient. So we've been doing a lot of that and it's been amazing. I saw that. It's got like little compartments that you can cook the cheese and then the corn on another side. It's kind of crazy. I also saw what you're doing on Easter. You guys had this like Easter feast. Oh yeah, I was craving some kind of more like Caucasian brunch style dips and everything like that. So I made this whole spread. I just Googled, I literally Googled white people spread, I think. <laughs> and then nice. it was like quinoa salad and then dips. And I was like, okay, I've got this. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, just a personal question for me. You used to live in Australia before you came to Seattle. You're fairly mm -hmm. new to Seattle, maybe what, half a year or maybe more? I can't, don't know off um, the top of my head. I think July last year. Mm -hmm. If you had to be quarantined in Australia, what would that be like versus here in Seattle? I actually think it would be pretty similar. Well, so I, my, I myself am from New Zealand. Mm -hmm. I know the quarantine situation right there is that all restaurants and cafes are all closed. So even Uber Eats delivery, uh, so nothing is available. But in Australia, it, the climate is pretty similar. So restaurants, coffee shops, all of them are open. So I think I would still be going out for coffee quite a bit because that's quite a, quite a thing over there. And besides that, I think... No, it'd be quite similar. I would probably be doing takeout some days, coffee most days, but yeah. How did this all start? Did you all of a sudden, I'm going to start taking pictures of food or how did you become a foodie and now all of a sudden a big food superstar? Oh my gosh, no. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> but no, <laughs> but no, but thank you for that. I think I wanted to do it ever since I first moved to Australia, which was in 2017, I believe. But I actually lived at college, which equates to kind of American flat houses. Um, mm -hmm. So because of that, I didn't really have the confidence to do it. I didn't want to have everyone that I lived with, which was like 200 other boys and girls, to find out about all of it. So I started two years later when I moved out. I only did it when I was with all my close friends. We would go out for brunch. I would use my phone, take a few photos, started posting that and editing it. Because one of my favorite things is more the editing process and making the food like really pop with color. After that, I still remember my first ever invite from a cafe. And I genuinely thought it was spam or someone just like pranking me. And I was like, this isn't real. But I had someone that, uh, one of my really close friends, Lizzie, she works in the kind of food industry already. And she was like, no, no, like this looks legit. We should go. And I was like, okay, you're coming. And <laughs> since then, I've just been taking more photos and connecting with a lot more. It wasn't like four months in, I started meeting more Melbourne foodies. We became really close friends. And now we're like a massive foodie friend group. They're honestly one of my... um closest friends now i too love editing photos i think that's my favorite part of the whole process <laughs> back in the day when, when i first got my camera first of all i didn't know even how to, how to shoot the first restaurant i went to everything was blurry so i couldn't use any of the photos we went to two spots and i couldn't use any of these pictures that i took and then i found out maybe a month later it's like what's photo editing i think is vsco someone was talking about i had no idea what that was oh visco? and then they recommended yeah visco and then they recommended lightroom and i was like wait a minute you can brighten this and everything looks so much clearer and brighter and more colorful i, I had no idea i had no idea what photo editing could do it is so much fun and like just this discovering new apps and new filters. It sounds so lame, but it's like my hobby, honestly. And then going to, I think my first invite, that was mm. 
really weird because I would recognize people like, holy crap. It was like, here's me and maybe what a thousand followers. I was like, I have no idea why I'm here. Why I got invited. And it's just, it's just crazy, but it's fun. It's, it's fun. And I agree with you. It's about community and meeting all our friends and meeting you. I mean, yeah. So it's awesome. Foodie events are interesting because I didn't even know they existed. You know what no. I mean? And now they're like the biggest thing ever. They're like the first go-to event that hospitality industry, like they just go straight on to those. That's like their first priority. Yeah, I had no idea. This is the first time I've been exposed to the, a certain world like that, marketing and promotions. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just taking pictures of a burger. So I have no idea what to do. And then eating it. That's the best part. Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> So you're a vlogger as well. Tell us a, a little bit about that. So I guess it started approximately a year and a half ago, but I was always doing that very much on off and just vlogging about my life. And it was mainly because I guess I lived away from my family. So it was a good way for me to show them what I was doing as well as I have a really, really bad memory. And <laughs> since doing on all these, going on all these foodie adventures, I really wanted um, to find a venue to document it all and be able to like show, I mean, I know I'm only 22, but like, I guess show my kids and whatever in the future. So I think this is a really cool way of doing that. And then even though I would say that it's been a challenge in terms of building that, because I don't know, I guess with Instagram, it was easier to build audience and platform and brand. But YouTube is a whole different venue. And I guess I realized recently, it's not something you can kind of manipulate as much as Instagram in terms of photos are so much easier to just post and connect with your audience. But YouTube, you really have to commit and make videos every day and make things that are kind of trending right now to be found on the platform. So mm -hmm. that's actually been something that's a struggle for me. But yeah, I guess I just started and now I want to do more food-based vlogging, uh, whether that's cooking videos, baking videos, mukbangs. I love mukbangs. I watched them so much and now I decided to try and film my own. So that's kind I've of- I've been watching fun. them. It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> they are so much fun to film and I love it. <laughs> So do your parents watch them? You said your parents do watch them, right? Yeah, they do. They do. <laughs> what do they think about all of this? Like this whole food thing that you're doing? My mom and dad love it. Like my dad, um, everyone on my dad's side is actually in the food industry. So uh -huh. they are very interested in it. And my mom, she just, I don't know. She was very supportive, even from the beginning. She's not camera shy as well. So when I first started vlogging and she was in them, she wouldn't shy away. She would just be like, hello. And she would introduce the food and everything so they're super supportive of the whole project that i'm kind of embarking on that's so awesome for me my I, whenever my family looks at it, i was like what is this and <laughs> it's been for so long that they understand now it's like okay he has to take the pictures before we can eat and they're actually supportive too as well but i'm it's just always fun to see other people just kind of from a different perspective and not into our world so yeah especially because we're both from like hong kong i wouldn't necessarily say that it's yeah. a common thing that our parents grew up with. The fact that yes. both of our parents are so understanding and accepting of it is pretty cool. Yes. If I go on to Amazon next time and I was like, I want to start vlogging, what do I need to get? What are some essentials that you can recommend for us? Mm, okay. Well, 
Let me think. So at the moment, I'm using a Canon vlogging camera, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't even say that's necessary. Nowadays, people just want to know about your life. So you can use your phone. So I think the first important thing to probably get is a tripod because it is super easy to maneuver, get the angles right. And once you have a tripod, you can kind of have a stand on a table or whatever, and it's so much easier to film. So I would say that maybe if you really want to invest, if you're doing mukbangs or whatever, a small little microphone to go on your camera would be really cool. Awesome. Mm-hmm. All right, let's do a 180. Let's talk about Seattle because you've been here for a little bit. Woo. What do you? What's your first impressions of Seattle and the food scene here? Super different from everything. My summary of it all would be that everyone loves potatoes. <laughs> what? <laughs> potatoes, <laughs> really? Okay, yep. tell me. I mean, how is it so different? To, I mean, other than potatoes. So I would also say that in Seattle specifically, everyone loves to know where their food is coming from or who cooks their food. So when you go to restaurants or brunches, cafes, they're famous because of the chefs there. Whereas I would say in comparison in Australia, it's more about just the general vibe. A lot of the restaurants actually change. So they actually serve very similar dishes and the presentation is very similar. But here, having gone to food events, With Tony, people here are a lot more aware of celebrity chefs. So you guys celebrate that a lot more. Mm -hmm. And I love that because I guess back at home, I wouldn't really care who cooked my food. We didn't know and we didn't necessarily care. But yeah, you guys really follow chefs and are loyal to certain people. And I I think that's something to be really like proud of here in Seattle. Yeah, it's uh, definitely noticed that. I think it's around the whole nationally United States. It's about a lot of name recognition because there's so many chefs that you see, probably because a lot of Netflix and mm. TV cooking shows and a lot of Food Network shows. So you you see definitely see a lot more uh, celebrity chefs around. Yeah, you guys have James Beard, like James Beard and Michelin Awards. Like we definitely have none of that back mm-hmm. home. So okay, so far, what are some of your favorite spots that you've eaten at? I love poke and I love I love more Japanese things. So that's a cuisine that we don't have a lot of back in Australia and New Zealand. So mm-hmm. Kamanegi is my favorite. As oh, well yeah. as Good Seattle, oh, isn't it? Like the soba noodles <laughs> are amazing. Seattle fish guys, I love their poke. <laughs> they are killing it right now. I everybody's got Seattle fish guys just getting takeout, like huge platters of sashimi. Yes, it's so good. We had it for my uh, quarantine birthday back in March. And oh, yes. it was amazing. And oh, I love London Plain. Their brunch is so oh, good. Yeah, their breads are always so good. I just, whenever you walk in, you just like, it's amazing. I know. They have like little flowers everywhere. Oh, it's so aesthetically pleasing. Okay, a couple more questions. When this is all over, is there a place that you are dying to go to? Like, I cannot wait to go eat here. Is there a certain spot? Yes. Boiling point. <laughs> <laughs> Boiling point. Yeah. I totally agree. It's so hard for me to do hot pot at home. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's easy, right? But I, I have to get all the sliced meat. By the time I'm done, my grocery bill is already like $60 for a hot pot for one. So I absolutely agree with right? that. Right. And it's so hard to gauge how much food you want, especially for like one person, two people, you know, some people might have bigger families, but most of us, we want to keep our social bubble small during this quarantine period. And so it's just hard to gauge how much to buy. So having that like one pot to ourselves is just, it's a magical experience. 
<laughs> what do you miss from Australia? Like you wish you had that's not here. Smashed avocado. What's that? Tell me about this. You cannot go wrong with smash avo, which is basically it's avocado on toast, right? Back home, they just have somehow managed to make it magical. They put like random edamame beans or like the perfectly poached egg, a bit of lemon juice. It sounds like something you can make at home, but when you have it at a cafe, it's just the way they present it. If you honestly just Google Melbourne brunches smash avos, you just see the variations of it all. And it's crazy how much we we love our presentation. I remember back in the day, this is years ago. Don't forget. I mean, I'm what, probably years and years. I'm not going to say older than you. When I went to visit my friend in Australia, he asked me if I could bring back peanut butter M&Ms. See how long ago it was. Do you guys still have, I don't, I don't know if you guys have that or not. We do have peanut butter and yes, we do have peanut M&Ms. Okay. You guys have like hazelnut ones and almond ones. But yeah. Yeah. He asked for the weirdest things. It's just, I need peanut butter M&Ms and I want, I don't know, Skittles. And it was just certain candies that he couldn't get in Australia. And I was just like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll bring those. And he was like a rock star with his friends <laughs> when he brought that. Do you know what you guys have a lot of that we definitely don't? What's that? It's Oreos. Oh, okay. We only have like two or three flavors, like vanilla, I think vanilla chocolate. And then once there was peanut butter, but you guys have tw- like 20 different flavors, double stuffing. <laughs> fudge covered <laughs> i was i'm overwhelmed like seriously i send those back to my parents all the time and they love it supreme oreos i think that's what they had recently i think there's the new one right Did someone oh have yeah that? I don't and know. you guys have a secret flavor one <laughs> yeah i don't know it's this is america this is so <laughs> just sums it all up doesn't it i know Mish, I love it. Thank you so much for coming on. One last question. Where can we find you on social media? Tell us all of your platforms, your YouTube, your Instagram, Snapchat, whatever you want. Tell us where we can find you. You can find me on Hello Mischief on Instagram. And then you can find me on, I change my name all the time on YouTube, but I think I'm sticking with Mish's life. I also have a Facebook page, but mainly Instagram, YouTube, that's where you find me and everything that is going on in my life. Love it. Thank you, friend. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. And that was our interview with Mish Lau. Don't forget to follow her on Instagram. Also, her YouTube channel is Mish's Life if you want to see all of her vlogs. For someone who edits audio for our podcast, Monica, I totally understand how much harder it is to edit other media. I, I think that's why there's not a lot of people in Seattle that are editing videos and putting stuff on YouTube, Mm -hmm. editing any type of media is just such a hard process. Mm -hmm. And I can see why there's not a lot of it. For sure. Mish is so much fun. I mean, I remember when I first met her, I was like, yeah, she's really nice. I mean, you know, (laughs) I always say that about everybody I meet. (laughs) (laughs) You know, such a common thing to hear me say. But yeah, I, I would agree, like editing video, editing audio, you know, I've tried to edit audio, not great at it. Editing video, it depends on what it is, but I just, you know, don't have a lot of time to put into it. But yeah, I mean, if you're a YouTuber, you're a YouTuber, man. And yeah, kudos to her. Yeah, she's starting to do a lot more mukbang videos. Mm-hmm. She's making a lot of stuff at home and then tasting it. It's quite interesting because I like to see the process of how they make it and whether she likes it or not, because there's a lot of things that she doesn't like. All right, Monica, that's pretty much our show for tonight. We've got almost two more weeks of this in Washington. Is that what's going on? Oh, it's going to be longer, Nelson. 
Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Wait, watch watch for my liberate Washington tweets. <laughs> or are you headed to the Capitol to, uh, to <laughs> protest? Is that what we're going to see from you this week? Nelson with his sign by himself in front of the Capitol? <laughs> I should have a I need my haircut sign. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, don't you don't you cut your own hair? I do. I don't I haven't been to a barber in over six years, eight okay. years. I don't know how many I've cost count, but I should just ironically I should have <laughs> I need my haircut. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I miss pedicures or manicures more, but I refuse to take off my nail polish in solidarity. Like when people say, how long has this gone on? I'm just like, I show my nails. I'm just like this long. <laughs> I mean, like my nails are beyond comfortably able to type right now. I don't care. I just keep them. I'm just like, whatever. I think, I think the color's going to grow out before all this is over. <laughs> Uh, I've tried to grow a quarantine beard and it's not working. I can't grow beards, guys. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. <laughs> so bad it made Monica cough and choke I on know. her beer. That's I know. Right. I choked on my beer. Oh, man. <laughs> I need more beer. Hold on. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. Looking forward to seeing uh, that, Nelson. No, it's going to get shaven because mm-hmm. it's just haphazard splotches of hair and all over my face it's not even a beard so it's it's gone it's yeah. gone i can't even grow a goatee that's how bad it is true asian true asian true asian <laughs> all right everyone that's our show for tonight it's been a fun one stay safe out there wash your hands as if nobody has told you before <laughs> eat lots of good stuff happy eating seattle Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe for future episodes and leave us a five-star rating and review on whichever platform you're listening on. In the meantime, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Seattle Foodie Podcast and on Twitter at Seattle Food Pod. You can also email us at seattlefoodiepodcast at gmail.com. Thanks again, and we hope you enjoy the Seattle Foodie Podcast.